Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Are you struggling to teach your dog how to play fetch? Most individuals are, and it's not because they don't know how to play fetch, right? Your dog knows how to play fetch. We just need to create a structure that is easy for them to understand, and we can bring it to that next level. Now, today, we're going to be talking about how you teach your dog to play fetch perfectly. And to do that, we're going to have to divide our fetch game into natural and structured playing. My name is Michael Aceta. I've been training dogs for nearly 10 years, and I've worked with thousands of dog owners. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and host of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. Thank you for being here. Now, I'm going to talk about structured primarily in this episode, but you have to understand the natural way that dogs play fetch first. And when we're teaching our dog to naturally play fetch, right? If you have a, a golden retriever or a lab, a dog that is a natural retriever, and I put quotes around that, a natural retriever, because yes, they are bred to do the thing, right? The, the retrieve. It doesn't mean that they can. Many dogs that I work with that are supposed to be able to do it, they're bred to do it, their siblings can do it, their parents can do it, they can't. And that's because we haven't encouraged the behavior. Right? Just like if a herding dog never met sheep, it's not going to know how to herd. Yeah, there might be a natural tendency to a certain extent, but it's not going to be perfect. When you're playing fetch with your dog, let's say you go out in the backyard, you toss a ball, they grab the ball and they go and chew on it, or they come and run up to you. Either way, that's their, our natural gift that they have. Some dogs will bring the ball right to you, drop it at your feet and start barking at you. That's great, but that's not a perfect fetch. That's just, let me bring something to him, and he's going to throw it again. I like the chase. And I've understood that if I bring the ball to my owner, they get to toss the ball, and I get to chase it. That's how it simply works out. So when we look at it from that standpoint, that's the natural way that our dogs will do something. We can make it 10 times, 100 times better if we actually structure it. Now, to structure the fetch perfectly, we have to understand two things. That's shaping and back chaining. I talk about both in the dog training cheat codes. Now, if you don't have your copy of the dog training cheat codes, you can get a physical copy or the ebook at matadorcanine.com. But before you do that, I want to give you the first chapter for free. If you can't get through the first chapter, if you don't like the first chapter, then you're not going to read the whole book. So I want to give you the first chapter absolutely free. It's going to be in the description below. Just click on the link training.matadorcanine.com slash DTCC1 and get your PDF first copy, first chapter of the dog training cheat codes. But we talk about shaping and back training in that book at length. They only have, they each have their own chapter. So let's talk about shaping first. What is shaping? Shaping is successfully rewarding approximations towards the end result. This means if you're going to teach your dog to play fetch, and you want them to go 10 feet away from you, pick up a ball and bring it back to you. You would mark and reward using a clicker or marker signal, a conditioned reinforcer. We go over all of that, the dog training cheat codes. 
you're going to mark and reward every time they get close to picking up the ball and bringing it to you. Now, there's, of course, different ways to do this. But if you do it right, and that's by using back chaining, right? Shaping and back chaining put together. If you do it right like that, your dog will actually get better and more confident in what the game is. Now, let's pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. Let's say you don't want to go through all that work. You don't want to shape it. You don't want to back chain. You don't want to do all of that stuff. You just want to play fetch with your dog. Great. Let me teach you how to play fetch with your dog at the basic level. The basic level, how do we teach our dog to play fetch? You're going to play a game called two-toying. Now, two-toying requires, clearly, two toys. This could be balls with ropes. This could be a tug toy. This could be a, a plush animal. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Your goal is to have them to be as close to similar as possible. They should be very, very similar. You're going to toss one very close to you, three, five feet away from you. Your dog's going to get it. Now, this is very easy in a closed space, maybe in your living room, in your backyard, or if they're on a long leash. It's very difficult if they have too much freedom. Why is it difficult? Because they're going to take that toy and run away with it because they want you to chase them. That's not the game we want to play. So instead of chasing them, we're going to pull out our second toy. So they have the first toy. We pull out our second toy. And now they turn towards us going, whoa, you got another one. And we're going to try to become exciting. As they come towards us, you can tell them to drop if they know a drop cue, meaning they let go of the first toy. And then we present the second toy either by tossing it or giving it to them to play tug with. We're building engagement with us in that way. We're teaching our dog to enjoy being with us and actually want to bring the thing to us so that we can play together. We play tug a little bit. Then I can go pick up the first toy and repeat the cycle. So now I back away from them. They run towards me with the first toy. I pull out the first toy. <laughs> they come with me to the second toy. I pull out the first toy. They grab the first toy and we keep this going. We keep this rotating back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They pick up one. I have the other one. They drop that one. They come and get this one. I go pick up the first one and we repeat that. You then create distance. So you might toss the toy really far away, 10 feet. Doesn't have to be 100 feet, right? Doesn't have to be a football field. It's 10 feet away. They grab it. They come all the way back to you. Good job. Then I toss the next one. And we keep going through this until they're consistently bringing back the one I toss and immediately dropping it and going for the second one. Now, the next step up from that would be when they come back with the first toy, before you toss it, they're going to drop it. You're going to pick that one up and now toss the second one. We're prepping them for when we only have one toy. But right now, they're so used to having two toys, we have to pretend that that's the only option. We know what the end goal is, but they don't. you got to build up their confidence. So they come back with the first toy. They drop it. You pick it up. Now you toss the second toy. Now this becomes the second toy, right? You switch. Boom. They come back. Now you practice that a couple times. The next step is to have them drop it. You pick it up and you toss the first toy again. You're still holding the second toy, but you toss the first toy again. This teaches them that sometimes I'm not going to throw the second toy. I'm actually going to throw the toy you give me. So the faster you come back, the faster I can throw it. We're building up their motivation for wanting to chase after these toys, which is wonderful. The more you can do this, the easier it is for them. Right? They go, oh, I love bringing that toy back. And there's actually some other games you can play with two toy. One of my favorite is really burn a dog out. Imagine a football field. You got the end zone on each side, and you're in the middle. You're going to toss the toy towards the end zone to your left. Your dog's going to go get it. They're going to come back. Now, you have the second toy. 
to keep them running, maybe when they're 10, 15 yards away from you, you're going to say drop. That gives them enough time, processing time, for them to drop it and it to roll perfectly in front of you as they continue running because you're going to toss the next toy to the other end zone on the other side. So they're running the entire length of the end zone, going all the way down to the other side. That is remarkable for getting their exercise and energy out. Wonderful game. And I love doing it for dogs that have a lot, a lot of energy. Instead of just having them run to me, tossing the toy away, I can have them run straight past me, go get another toy. And then on the second time, when they come back, I do the exact same thing. Drop 15 feet away from me. By the time they process it and actually drop it, it's right in front of me. I can now toss the toy back to the first end zone I threw it to. And I can keep this cycle going. They're just going back and forth, up and down in the entire football field. It's a wonderful exercise if you have a high energy dog. Now, let's shift gears into shaping and back chaining. To do shaping and back chaining correctly, right? we talked about it earlier, you are rewarding successful approximations towards the end result. What do you want the retrieve to look like? If you're doing it for a competition, if you're doing it for sport, it's going to look very different. If you're doing it to just have fun in your backyard, right? they're all going to look very, very different. So the first thing you should do is always have a training plan. Write out everything you want your dog to be capable of doing in the order you want them to be capable of doing it in, and then take notes on every session. If you don't have a system in place for taking notes, let me give you something. In the description below is going to be a link to my template, the one that I actually use on my training plan. Okay, this is actually the template that I use to keep all of my notes in one spot. And it's easy, it's systematic, I don't have to think about it, and it's all organized. You should have some type of system. If you don't, I want to give it to you. I spent years trying to find a system, and I finally found one that worked. So click the description below. It's the second link. It's going to be the template for your dog training plan. Once you have your training plan in place, you know what you need to teach, and you know what order you need to teach it in. Shaping would say, teach each one of those skills through shaping. I'm going to set a situation up where my dog is successful as possible. They know what they're expecting. So I might have the ball right in front of me. And I'm just going to mark and reward for them looking at it. Then I'm going to raise the criteria. I'm going to mark and reward for them mouthing it. Then I'm going to mark and reward for them picking it up. Then I'm going to mark and reward for them picking it up and holding it. That would be shaping. We're just going to continue this process for each step. So then I might put the ball slightly further away from me. They have to go get the ball and come back. Right? They have to go pick up the ball, hold it, come back, sit in front of me, hold it until I take it, depending on what your criteria is. Now, back chaining is how we have a dog with a lot of confidence in the behavior. And that's what back chaining does. It builds a lot of confidence. In the dog training cheat codes, we talk about back chaining, and we actually use tongue twisters to help you understand the concept of building confidence. So Betty bought a bit of butter, but the Betty bought was bitter is one of the tongue twisters that we go over. And I didn't learn that by saying Betty bought, Betty bought a bit, Betty bought a bit of butter. It was actually backwards. Interesting, right? So if we wanted to teach the retrieve backwards, we would teach our dog to hold the object first, right? We, we can't just have them give it to us. <laughs> that we have, we have one step away from full back chaining, but we would have our dog hold the object first. This used to be called a forced retrieve. They would take the dog, connect it to a line, uh, a long leash really, have it sit in one spot, and they would forcefully put the object in the dog's mouth and then hold the dog's mouth closed. We don't need to do that. 
But what you can do is have the object in your hand or have you know something in between two hands like this and have your dog mouth it. Once they mouth it, you'd mark and then give them a treat. Then once they're holding it, mark and give them a treat. And you're going to actually do the opposite of what we were doing before. Before we were having them pick it up off the ground and bringing it to us. Now we're going to bring the object closer and closer to the ground. They're gonna pick it, they're gonna hold it and lift it up. So we're slowly building up their confidence on what the expectation is. Now, how does this build their confidence? Well, back chaining only goes towards the thing that our dog knows. So if they know that eventually they gotta bring the ball to us and we start with that or the object or whatever it is, we know that they have to bring it to us, they're gonna start bringing everything to us. Then we can start working off picking it off the ground, bringing it to us. Going 10 feet, picking it off the ground, bringing it to us. Notice how bringing it to us is always the end, but it's the first thing we taught, which means with every repetition, we're strengthening the idea of bringing it to us. Then we could say, okay, you have to sit in a heel position or in between my legs in a perfect sit, wait for the release word, run at full speed, 100 feet, grab the object, run back at full speed, holding the object in your mouth, sit in front of me and wait for me to take it. Bringing it to us is always the last thing they should do, but it's the first thing we teach. And that builds their confidence because they know where they're going. They know what they should be doing, what they're aiming towards. That's our goal. If you can do that successfully, you have a wonderful retrieve. It'll be a perfect retrieve. But if you don't teach any of those things and you just do a natural version, that's totally fine. It depends on what your lifestyle is, what your goals are. Do you want a dog that's perfectly doing something every single step of the way? Then shaping and back training should be your way to go. But if you just want to burn your dog's energy out, use two toying with a natural retrieve. You don't have to go above and beyond about everything. Your dog should just want to engage with you in a way that's comfortable and natural. And that is the difference between a natural and a structured retrieve. But if you want a perfect retrieve, if you want a perfect retrieve, you have to understand shaping, you have to understand back chaining, and you definitely need to take good notes on every training session. Because if you aren't disciplined and perfect, your dog's not going to be disciplined and perfect. So please take advantage of the link in the description below. Thank you guys for listening. This was a short episode today. I want to thank all of you. And I want you to know that I appreciate you tuning in and enjoying whatever I bring to the table, all the information. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you should follow us on social media. Ask your questions away. I love getting questions. I love answering them. You can also put them in the comments below. Any dog training questions, any questions about dog psychology, understanding physiology, all of that stuff, I love diving into it. So thank you again. Make sure you take advantage of the links in the description, and I'll see you next time.